Hello, how have you been? It's been such a long time since we've seen each other. Bowser is up to his old tricks again, so Luigi and I are going on another adventure. You're welcome to come along. This time, it's Super Mario Bros. 3, the latest in the Super Mario Bros. series. You'll experience lots of excitement as your journey unfolds. For beginners and seasoned veterans of our previous games, this one is going to be a lot of fun. Let's look at Super Mario Bros. 3 in a bit more detail on this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everybody, I'm Travis and I'm joined by John Dotson and Tim. And in this episode, we're reviewing Super Mario Bros. 3 on the NES. In 1988, Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Tezuka at Nintendo brought us one of the best games on the NES and maybe one of the best games of all time, Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah, bit of a spoiler alert, we're going to probably rate this one a must-play. Super Mario Bros. 3 brings back the core mechanics of the first game and honestly the same basic plot, Mario and Luigi trying to save the princess. But this time around, you have to fight your way through Bowser's children, each holding a king or queen hostage on an airship. Super Mario 3 was the third best-selling NES game and inspired an animated series and many remakes. Hey everyone, this is Tim from Cheerful Ghost Radio. My co-host and I want to thank you for listening to our show. We have a lot of fun making this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it too. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon. Patreon is a site where people can fund the things they love. If you choose to support us at the membership level, you'll also get some awesome benefits on the Cheerful Ghost website. So head over to CheerfulGhost.com, click the heart icon at the top of the page, and support us on Patreon. Thanks! So Tim, what are your thoughts on Super Mario Bros. 3? I mean, it's okay, you know... (laughs) It's like the third one in the series. By this point, we were getting pretty burnt out on Mario, but, you know, it does a pretty good job of holding our interests. Uh, yeah, no, it uh, it might be my favorite game on the original Nintendo, and it it's just so much fun. My My kids still play this because it's such a great game, you know, even though they have access to a lot of newer games. It, the power-ups are fun, and they're all, like, you know, very unique and except for maybe the frog suit, which is really only good in world three. And even then only like in a couple levels, um, not nearly enough of the hammer brothers suit power ups in the game. <clears throat> we can get into that more later, but anyways, just, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's definitely a highlight of the original Nintendo and a huge, like important piece of gaming history. John, what about you? So I'm not going to talk about like if I think this game's good or not or what, because, yeah, you know, obviously. <laughs> right. So but I'm going to talk about a couple things. So firstly, um, 
I played a lot of this game as a kid, so I could speed run like I would basically my typical play through this game was I would go through the first world, get the two flutes, you know, play the flutes, go to world eight and then beat the game that way. And I could beat the game in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, something like that. And now, you know, I could do that over and over and over and over again because, you know, I played the game a lot. You know, you just get really good at 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 those stages and running them. So when I came back to play Super Mario Bros. 3 again, I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to uh, I played the game on the switch, by the way. Uh, and I don't. Um, so I was going and at the point where I could use the flutes, I saved the state because I wanted to play through just all the stages. But then I also wanted to warp to world eight and just beat it again, you know, like like in the old days, you know, and world eight kicked my butt. This game is really hard. It's really, really hard. In fact, I think, wow, I I got demolished by World 8. So I think what makes World 8 really challenging is a couple things. Firstly, it's like got um, side scrolling levels, uh, which I despise in Mario games. Um, they make speed running really challenging, too, for the record. But it's basically those levels where the screen scrolls at a particular thing and then they throw all these cannonballs at you and you got to make your way through them. It's like every um, airship stages that way as well, except all the airship stages are easier. World eight is really, really hard. So, um, so I played that and that was really challenging and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm not as good as I was. And then I had another play through the game where I was going through all the stages and that's not really hard. It's not too challenging. I don't find any of the particular stages too hard. And you're right, Tim, the frog suit's completely worthless. But somehow in the 90s, I thought it was incredible. And, you know, I'm going through and collecting all the stuff and it's really fun. It's a solid Mario game. It still holds up really well, I would say. I think that it does have that sort of you know, timeless quality to it where, you know, even kids can enjoy it now. Um, but it's hard and, but it's super fun. I'm glad it's around. I am really enjoying it on the switch. It's totally great in that context. It's the same game that you, that you know and love essentially. Um, except with save states, uh, it's a lot easier to do that card matching game and get all the items. Um, (laughs) truth be told though, card matching game wasn't ever hard because if you don't know this, there are four different, um, cardboards and they're all there's four different kinds so you can either get one of four when you do it and so i had the super mario 3 manual and so i d- identified which board it was so i could get all the items anyways without a save state so you either have the mario guide with all the cards or you can use a save state to get all the items and stuff so technically cheating but i cheated back in the 90s <laughs> nintendo sold you the guide to do that so it's really fun so the yeah. game uh, makes a lot of sense on the switch super mario Bros. 3 neat yeah, I actually still have my uh, Mario Brothers 3 guide on my uh, bookshelf right next to me right now as we're recording. Oh, nice. And yeah, I definitely used the card matching guide that they have in there that shows you all the possible uh, configurations. So yeah, whenever I got one of those card matching games, I always got all the items. Yeah, honestly, I did not have any of those, and I think I just kind of memorized them. You can tell pretty quickly which board you were on and... Like when I was a kid, I had those memorized. I do not have them memorized anymore. <laughs> so eventually I, for this playthrough, I kind of went and looked them up. So dirty cheater over here as well. But yeah, I pretty much agree with what you guys are saying. It's a great game. Uh, I love all the new power ups they add. Um, and I really like that 
it kind of set a bit of a standard where the newer Mario games that came after it, starting with, I guess, Super Mario 64 had like a ton of new power ups added each time. So you weren't really sure what you were going to get when you went into it. Like with Super Mario World, you just had the cape and the fire flower pretty much, unless you count Yoshi. But like I think with Super Mario 64 from there on, you get like crazy different power ups that do different things each time. And I love Super Mario Brothers 3 for introducing that because that added a lot of variety to the series. Um, yeah, it, it's a difficult game, especially in World 8. I feel like it kind of starts ramping up. Like the difficulty curve is really shallow at first and then you hit world six or so and it starts ramping up after that. But I do think that the second like there's in world eight, there are two kind of overworld maps and the second one is easier than the first one a little bit. But yeah, John, those um, auto scrolling levels you were talking about in world eight, I pretty much just save those P wings that you get throughout the game and just use those. Uh, it's kind of cheating. It's kind of cheap at least, but basically you just fly over everything and you're fine until the end of it because they're kind of annoying, honestly. So just repeatedly mash a and you get through them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But yeah, I, I really love this game. Um, we talked about on our Mario two review. I wasn't sure about which one was my favorite between two or three playing through it again. I think it's three and I think I think three is probably my favorite NES game and I'm so glad that it's been re-released on just about everything. So anybody who wants to try it can easily do so. Yeah. You mentioned the, uh, the stages that kind of scroll automatically. Mm-hmm. And during this most recent playthrough, I was very, very kind of mad at myself. I used to be able to get the warp whistle from world one, four, if you go through it and you get like pretty much all the coins and both of the one ups, you'll uh, trigger a white mushroom house that'll pop up. And if you go in there, it has a warp whistle. I used to be able oh to do that. Oh my gosh, I forgot about every that. time. Yes, me like too. I used to be able to do it every time as a kid. I could not do it this time. Like I could clear the stage, you know, fine, but I could never just manage to get all the coins, get all the one ups, you know, that I need. To make that house appear. I tried over and over. Can't do it anymore. I forgot all about that. It's going to take a lot of guts. You can do it! A little magic. You're the And the wizard. Fred Savage. All right, let's talk about the legacy of Super Mario Brothers 3. And now Adam said that if we didn't have... If we didn't talk about the wizard, that he was going to ask for his money back. So let's talk about the wizard to make sure we make Adam happy. John, what do you think <laughs> about the wizard? Well, firstly, Adam needs to pay us money so that we could maybe <laughs> refund it to him, which he hasn't yet. So I'm waiting for the check, my friend. All right. So I think I might have more to say about the wizard than Mario 3. Um, so. The Wizard was released in 1989. It stars Fred Savage, Christian Slater, Jenny Lewis, Bo Bridges, and Luke Edwards. So just fun fact, it was also Tobey Maguire's film debut as a child. So that's <laughs> awesome. So, okay. When I saw The Wizard, I had never seen a movie before. So this, you got you to gotta realize I was nine. Okay. So I'd never seen a movie that dealt openly with divorce. I, I didn't even know what half brothers were. 
<laughs> before I saw this movie. <laughs> I didn't know what PTSD was. I think this kid's autistic as well. I didn't know what that was. Um, and then it also dealt with the death of a sibling. In this, in the case of the film, it's his twin sister, uh, the the son um, Jimmy, who's sort of autistic and has PTSD, has a sister, um, and she died. Um, and that's why he has PTSD. And so the film is totally 90s cheese, but it's got a lot of heart. And I think for me, it's a great it's a really good movie that holds up because before it's a movie about video games, it's actually a movie about a family dealing with uh, a pretty hard situation where Fred Savage, who's Jimmy's brother, um, tries to break his little brother out of this home they put him in because spoiler, people in the 90s didn't know how to deal with mental issues that kids had or even emotional problems like PTSD. They just, they didn't. And, and the parents in the movie are just total jerks. The stepdad in the movie is a total a-hole. And so, which is that typical style of eighties movies, right? The adults don't get it. The kids get it. So really the movie's about Fred Savage busting Jimmy out of the home that he's in and heading to California, a place where Jimmy kind of wants to go to, which sort of sets up a mystery. You don't really know why. And I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but, um, because, yeah, the 90s sucked at dealing with mental illness and adults especially. And I like how the kids accept who Jimmy is and what he is. And over the course of the movie, the adults figure out how to deal with him, you know, and, and accept him. And really, the movie is about dealing with being a family. And it's better to be together and deal with something hard than be separated. And that's why it's a great movie. Now, is it totally a Nintendo commercial? A thousand percent. <laughs> Does it have that Lucas Power Glove scene where it's basically just an ad for the Power Glove? Yeah, this movie's an ad for Nintendo stuff, but it's so good around that. And that's not even really what the movie's about, really. It's really about dealing with hard situations and family and that kind of thing. Um, and by the way, that Power Glove scene is fun. I just watched the rewatched the movie today, by the way. And um, when Lucas puts the power glove on he types something in and it, and that's the sound song from close encounters so that was really fun <laughs> that i never got as a kid because i didn't see close encounters when i was nine um but that whole power glove scene with lucas is a total lie because the power glove is garbage <laughs> and i have one it's so bad it's so bad. <laughs> i know that's what lucas says and it's terrible the glove is literally terrible but of course in 90s monocure that means it's amazing which it's not by the way, Dell, it was garbage. Um, and that awesome <laughs> oh, like scene with that crazy 80s electric guitar riff makes it seem incredible, but it's trash. Um, and I, I'm just going to talk about a couple of things. You guys mind if I talk about this movie? Because I have a couple more things to say. No, go for <laughs> it. Go ahead. All right. So you can kind of tell that Christian Slater and Bo Bridges have like never played a video game in their life because they're like wildly hitting buttons and jerking their hands around. In ways that don't make any sense if you played Nintendo games, right? But if you yeah. see shows like CSI where they're like, we're hacking now, and they just <laughs> randomly flail like keyboards. That's kind of what they're doing here. They're just like button mashing and stuff, but they're acting. And it was it it just it's funny to watch that now. Um, uh, I kind of I'm going to comic book nerd from The Simpsons here a minute. There's a scene in the beginning where um, Fred Savage meets Jenny I don't I don't actually know her name. Her name is Jenny Lewis in real life, who went on to be in a band, you know, and she's in a band. Uh, I forget the name of it uh, now. Ka- Ka- Rio Kylie or whatever. Now she's just Jenny Lewis. Uh, and she was also in Roseanne and that kind of thing, but she's a singer now. Anyways, so uh, Fred Savage and uh, meet Jenny and they're playing Double Dragon. And in the scene, 
they make a bet where Fred Savage wants to win six dollars. And he's like, you turn in your train, you know, your bus ticket so we can take the bus. And she's like, "Okay, cool. So she plays Double Dragon first and she gets twenty three thousand in Double Dragon, Two, Right. And then Jimmy plays Double Dragon, Two, And you can tell they just kept recording footage of the same Double Dragon session because Jimmy plays the game and it immediately is 26,000 and it's the same game. (laughs) (laughs) So he beats her right then, but they just keep going as if he didn't beat her. And then they get up to 28,000 and Fred Savage is like, okay, he beat you. And then he takes the money and they have a scene. So it's like a 90s film and continuity. But, you know, I noticed that when I watched it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, Um, but to me, I really think The Wizard is one of the best video game movies of all time. And I know and I but this is from a person who saw the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and don't think it holds up now. I don't think it's a good show. I think it was good for a kid. I think The Wizard is a great family movie. And I, and again, I'm going to double down. It's a great movie because it's not really about video games. It is peripherally. It's an ad. It's got all that Nintendo ads and stuff, but it's really about family. Um, yeah. And I think that really sticks ahead. And so the film is directed by Todd Holland, who directed the Larry Sanders show, went on to do Malcolm in the Middle, which was a really good TV show in the 90s. So he also directed the films The Wizard and Krippendorf's Tribe, which is a really weird Richard Dreyfuss movie that I never saw. And I kind of don't want to. But um, the wizard is fantastic. Um, so I really like it a lot. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? I sort of sucked up all the air with that. But <laughs> what did you guys think of the wizard? Well, keep in mind that I have not seen this movie, uh, since I was probably like maybe nine years old, <laughs> maybe even before then. I have it so. on DVD and I watch it like on occasion every couple years. So I, I really do unapologetically non ironically like this movie a lot. Yeah. So I'm, but I remember liking it a lot as a kid and I have definitely seen clips of it as an adult, uh, especially the power glove scene. It's so bad. And then of course, yeah, it's so bad. And then the, uh, the, the like final competition at the end, which is, is ridiculous like as a person Super Mario Brothers 3 (laughs) well they keep just like shouting out numbers which I think are supposed to be their score but they don't match what's on the screen (laughs) you know they really don't they don't and (laughs) And also like it doesn't even make any sense yeah no how would Jimmy know to get the warp whistle and fly up there there's no way like so if yeah that the the video game parts of the movie don't make a lot of sense actually yeah and then the only other thing that i remembered about this movie offhand were the dinosaurs <laughs> the uh cabazon dinosaurs yeah, that end. are yep, on the side the of the end. road there yep which i googled before we recorded this episode and i am happy to say that they are still there i am not so happy to say that it is <laughs> it was bought by some uh young earth creationists and they turned it into a creationist museum oh uh-oh they should have made it a wizard museum it's terrible. i would have been much happier to see it turn into a wizard museum but what can you do yeah i saw this when i was a night like, not when it came out but a few years after and i don't rem- I, I tried to rent it today and like the transaction kept failing i could not figure that out but um 
all I remember from it is the video game parts, and I remember that working so incredibly well on me as a kid. I just wanted to get that game, <laughs> and it finally, <laughs> it finally worked. I wore my parents down to buy me the game, but um, yeah, I, I John, what you've said about it makes me want to go back and watch it just to see the other parts of it that hold up. But I mean, Nintendo clearly threw a lot of money at this to make it an advertisement for their games. But I'm glad to know that there's at least a solid story underneath all that absolutely the movie has a ton of heart and yeah just the way that it deals really really sensitively with you know people with ptsd and kids with trauma and that kind of thing um there are jerks and bullies in this movie for sure and adults acting badly but the core heart of this movie deals with those topics really well and for a time in the 90s where everything's ham-fisted um it was pretty good now there are some shots where you know, they're doing establishing shots and looking at women's butts and stuff. So that stuff doesn't like <laughs> age so well. It's not quite Caddyshack or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I would say that it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And also, to be fair to the movie, it's not just an advertisement for Nintendo. It's also an advertisement for Universal Studios. That's right. So, John, you mentioned that you watched um, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Did you also watch... The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3. Yes, I did, Travis. And I watched a couple more just to remind myself of the amazing. So um, you you can't not compare it to the Super Mario Brothers Super Show because chronologically it came after the Super Mario Brothers Super Show wasn't being worked on anymore. I mean, it's still in syndication till I don't know, 20 years of syndication or whatever, but they went on. And um, Super Mario, the Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 was actually a cable show. Um, But it was clearly the same company that made it because the animation style is very similar. So it's quite a bit of a step up from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show in that it misses the live action segments, which, frankly, I don't think were even my favorite part of the original show. Frankly, I just like the animation the most. And it focuses solidly in the Super Mario Brothers 3 universe where Super Mario Super Show was a mix of Mario Brothers plus Mario 2. So all the voice actors are back from Super Mario Brothers Super Show, except Mario, which is a shame because Captain Lou Albino is the way that I hear Mario's voice now. I know in the games it's like, it's a me, it's a Mario. But really, it's Lou Albino as far as I'm concerned in terms of voice, really. Uh, Or Bob Hoskins, who absolutely uh, hates the Super Mario Brothers movie. But um, (laughs) the main difference in the Super Mario uh, Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 is that the show features Koopa and the Koopa Kids. And it might as well be be a show about them because many of the shows just start out with Koopa and the Koop kids and they do something bad. And then Mario and the gang have to respond to it. Um, the animation's better. The storylines are less cheesy. It's just an overall better show. Is it like perfect? No. Um, but they only, there was only one season. I think it was on Nickelodeon or some other kind of network. It um, got 26 episodes are really easy to find them all on YouTube. If you want to watch them in a handful of hours, you can marathon everything, I think, in like three uh, or a couple hours. But uh, yeah, the adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 is really good. I love Super Mario Brothers 3. It really leans into that. Again, one of my critiques about the Super Mario Brothers Super Show was that they didn't really exist too much in the in the in the Mario world. It was like, let's do this movie. We're in a biker gang and let's do this one where we're you know like doing like old 20s mob bosses and let's do this one where we're in the wild west the adventures of super mario brothers 3 is very themed in that world like there's an episode where they're in frog suits in the water and then they're you know like raccoon suits and that kind of thing 
So I really appreciate it more tonally for that. And I think even young me did. And in fact, I remember strongly really liking that because it really leaned into the Mario game a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, you had shared a link with us uh, prior to recording this with one of the episodes. And I do not remember this show at all. I watched the Super Mario Super Show a lot as a kid. And uh, I tried rewatching it as an adult. And yeah, it does not hold up. Um but I I don't think I ever watched the Mario Brothers 3 cartoon. I none of this looked familiar. I don't remember the Koopa Kids, but um you know, I I don't know. I, maybe I saw it and just don't remember. It, it clearly did not leave an impact with with young Tim. Yeah, I watched uh, a lot of the Super Show as well, but I remember very clearly being at somebody's house and the Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 was on and I was like, wait, there's one about Super Mario Brothers 3. I got to go watch that. I got to go find it. And then I never did. So I (laughs) I never saw more than like five minutes of one. But I can even remember thinking back then that it seemed more attached to the game. And like you said, John, I think that's kind of probably to its credit. But again, I haven't seen it enough to know. But uh, good to know that you think it holds up. I might have to check out a couple episodes. Well... It holds up better than the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Okay. Fair yeah, to I, say, I did watch it, that episode you shared all the way, and um, it was not great. But it wasn't as bad. Again, yeah. it, it misses the absolute cringe fest of the live action. and the and, But I would say it holds up better, and it's more of a show that I think Finley would really watch. But then again, I've showed him Super Mario Brothers Super Show and he loves it. So, you know, um, adult John likes the adventures of Super Mario Brothers three more, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I kind of spoiled it up top, but Tim rate Super Mario Brothers three on the ghost scale. Yeah, it's a must play for me. Not only was it like I like I mentioned earlier, probably one of, if not the best game on the original Nintendo, just from like a gaming history perspective, it was super influential. One of the best platformers, certainly of its time. And just you got to try it at least once. It's a must play. All right, John. Yeah, it's a must play. It's one of the best games ever made. It's a fantastic Mario entry. It's a great Nintendo game when you were saying it's your favorite Nintendo game. I was trying to think of what my favorite Nintendo game, and that's The Legend of Zelda for me. That's the only reason I wasn't just flat out saying it was the best is because they're still Zelda. (sighs) So what would you say is the best for you on the Nintendo? Mario 3 or Zelda? Oh, man. I don't know. Dude, when we do our Zelda review, it's going to be Zelda. It's so good. It holds up really well, I would say. Yeah. Maybe I would I would probably put Zelda above it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I guess spoiler alert on our Zelda review, whenever that's going to be. I can't <laughs> wait. That game is so good. It's so good. We like so Zelda good. over here at Triple oh, Ghost. I, apparently we like Nintendo games. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, must play Super Mario Brothers 3. You should figure out a way to play this. If you've got a Switch, get Nintendo Online. It's included there. You got an Nintendo Classic and you haven't played this game. Punch yourself. Play it. Okay, don't punch yourself. 
take it easy on yourself. But uh, it's great. Super Mario Brothers three. Yeah, must play. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's my favorite on the NES. Probably um, that's another list that probably changes by the day. But yeah, it's it was so nice to go back to it and just play through it all again. Um, I, I love how it introduced all these things that are still going today. Like basically the, the new super Mario brothers formula is it's straight up the same formula with the overworld that you go through with all the varied power ups and stuff. Uh, it's clearly influential. It is so good. And if you have a way to play it, which you probably do, you got to check it out. I would also say just to tack on to the new super Mario brothers, I would say new super Mario brothers is more of a follow-up to Mario 3 than Super Mario World, actually. So mm-hmm. if you Agreed. like if you like new Super Mario Brothers, Mario 3 is the game that it's based on. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. I love the power glove. It's so bad.